From The Hearse Song by Alvin Schwartz Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week, then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. The worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose. They eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you eat. When you're dead, this is Gothic. button and say <laughs> recording. recording 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 who's this rick fellow and why is he or she or they recording his, his name is rick cording why, why are they he's, ording he's a dragon so he's hoarding yes he's hoarding oh. the ording rick yeah, the dragon ho- hoarding hoards rick everything the dragon. that's my that's my next character is rick the dragon it's <laughs> like a cheesy villain okay. name from like an 80s cop movie Yep, that's, how did you know? That's my next character. <laughs> <laughs> well, Inheritors, we return to Elk Island after our interlude back in the contemporary now. We find ourselves on Elk Island returning to those moments where dire and terrible things have been happening. As our players can see, as I'm sharing the tension tracker with them, the tension is high. Very, very high. Also, last time, no fewer than three 13s were rolled, which not only increased the tension because of failed uh, and lost survival points, but gave me more survival points to use for my bad guys. However, what you're most interested in is where are our characters Some of them are still in the heart of Fog Mountain. Jason, Carl, now the singular Carl. (laughs) Remember that singular Carl. And the FBI agents, Owl Nizoni and, and Susie Call. Unfortunately, Frank, the other FBI agent, has been, um, rendered unliving. Or just rendered. And, of course, as you all will probably recall... Don't say it. Skeen Marcotte is quite, quite headless. Meanwhile, down at the Spirit Bay Lodge, Gigi Marin and Allison Monser find themselves facing a group of, well... They're not the rabbit-headed people anymore. They are just visitors and townspeople 
staying at the Spirit Bay Lodge along with the owner and proprietor, Sonny, uh, who has just taken Allison captive and, in fact, has just said something to the effect of, when you left us there in the woods, we were taken by the thing that once was William Kitteridge, evidenced by the black swirling smoke behind their eyes that you oh. see as these people, and I use the term loosely at this point, capture Allison and then advance on Gigi, who has run back inside the lobby of the lodge to aid her cousin. So let's pick up there, shall we? What do you do, Gigi? Uh, um, okay, sorry, I'm just writing down. I hadn't realized they were, like, controlled by him. I thought they were just themselves still and just being, uh, little jerks. She grabs the shot off the bar and chugs it really quick. All right, let's <laughs> let's brawl. I, I need another survival point. Give me that shot. <laughs> yeah, if there's a shot on the bar, I'll down it. Um, I was actually going to ask, would... Would surviving, having survived and escaped the situation with William in the house, would I get a survival point from that? Is that a thing? I can't recall no. if that's... No? No. Okay. Getting a good night's sleep will give you one or two, maybe. Making it to the sequel will give you two. I thought uh, surviving a scenario, maybe that's what making it to the sequel means. We could talk about surviving a scenario giving you, you know, survival points, but what are you at? Zero? One? Uh, yeah, I'm at zero. Y'all. <laughs> oh, good, good work. So, yeah, I, I actually would say that um, there are several drinks lined up on the bar there off to the right. Uh, people have stood up from where they were sitting on the bar stools. Three of them, in fact, are the ones who are holding Allison, who is struggling and cursing in a manner that you had not previously associated with <laughs> Allison. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yes, I shall snatch a, a strong-looking amber beverage out of the hand of one of the people and uh, chug it. The Popeye the Sailor Man theme song plays. <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> That's the one. I was thinking a bad reputation, but that works too. Uh, yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fight these people. I'm gonna try specifically. I'm gonna try it because I was picturing a lot. Of people like there are no, there are several. That is true. There are not just three. Three are the uh, ones holding on to Allison. Right. There's also um, Sun Sunny, who is behind the uh, lobby desk, and there are probably another um, half dozen in various places around uh, the lobby and bar area. All right. So like ten-ish altogether. Sure. Sounds like a good number down that drink, give myself that survival point, and uh, I'm going to punch. I want to I punch these people. I'm going to punch them a lot, or kick them. Uh, we said last time I do kickboxing. I was going to suggest that there are bar stools nearby, but you have established yourself as a, not just a uh, mixed martial artist uh, kickboxer, but also as a cage fighter, I believe we yeah. established during the last episode. You know what? You're right. There are bar stools. Um, this is the lobby-ish area of a hotel. Can I see a fire extinguisher anywhere? Weren't you looking for the fire extinguisher once before? Pro no, I think you're thinking of- No, I, I got the fire extinguisher. 
Yes, I'm sure there is indeed a fire extinguisher. Behind glass, somewhere, here. I'm pretty sure you don't wish to spend the survival no. point <laughs> to have access to have, that immediately. I was afraid you might say that. Uh, yeah, sure. I will just uh, pick up a bar stool and I'll use that then. Unless and until I see a fire extinguisher, I kind of want to spray people. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> well, there, there's plenty of seltzer behind the bar. <laughs> Everyone knows that kills uh, black smoke demons. So <laughs> it's like uh, signs. Yes, I wish to. I wish to attack these people. I'm, uh, you know, I was pissed at them anyway for attacking us in the cabin, and now that I know they're little William Kitteridge puppets. I wish to do them a great deal of harm, and I would like to get started doing that. I'm not going to say, you know, roll, kick some ass. <laughs> I am instead going to say, but you get to use your kickboxing thing on this. Despite the fact that you did roll most recently in our last episode, I will let you go ahead and roll again. Okay. It's just the roll tracker we're resetting each time. Cool. Yeah, the just the roll tracker, not the... Um, Tension points. <laughs> Those Ooh, don't reset each time. Nine. That's a 16 plus 8, which gives me a 24. Are you trying to do this uh, bar stool uh, cage fighting business to get Allison free or just to deal um, survival point damage? Yeah, you know. And physical damage to the, uh, the rabbit headed folk who aren't currently wearing rabbit heads. Gigi is, is not a forgiving person under the best of circumstances. And um, having had these people come after her and her newly found family or newly rediscovered family uh, multiple times now, I think she'd be fed up enough that she'd be trying to hurt them and, you know, like partially for like punishment, but also just to like stop them from coming after them again. Because I have a feeling that even if, you know, I were to like dart in there real fast and pull Allison out and run away, like they w they're not going to stop. You're just going to swing kind of madly at some of the yeah. um, those around. All right. So as Gigi lifts up the uh, a bar stool and shouts her war cry right <laughs> after having downed a few, um, a couple of shots and a uh, what appears to have been a triple old fashioned. <laughs> can I like, can I, as the fight is going on, like continuously snatch drinks and go like, thank you. As I down more of them. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. You did take a survival point, right? Yes, the, I did take one. For yeah. the bad habit. Um, as Gigi lifts that bar stool up above her head and leaps into action, we will freeze frame her <laughs> in mid leap and mid grimace. This and is me. go up into the heights into Fog Mountain. Jason, you are pulling Owl Nizoni out of the chamber of the eye. Uh, he has just ripped his shirt off, you will recall, and not in the I'm about to pose for a sexy fireman or men of FBI calendar, but rather revealing a vast network of tattoos all across his upper body, torso, arms, back, uh, even up to his neck to where it would be covered by the collar of his shirt that he has ripped off. And he had just been tracing one of those tattoos on his arm as you wrench him away. And you... 
you feel that you feel that you were only able to do so because something something was interfering with the just cascade of terrible memories of something inhuman and ancient that rolled over you just then and now i believe you're you're moving in almost a a fugue state but moving on instinct what what are you doing just really trying to get out of the range of whatever power this is i'm i'm just trying to drag owl as best i can um what kind of state is owl in i guess we're going to find out because i think i'm going to have you roll a persuade check because he seems inclined to continue trying to best you can tell mute this horrifying onslaught of alienness that is okay pervading this space Ooh. Uh, 11. Yeah, nope, you're gonna have to drag him out, and he's like, no, you've got to, you've got to let me do this, or else you won't make it. You've... You have to make it, too. Well, none of us are going to make it if I don't continue. And then he, like, with his free hand, the one that you don't have his arm grabbed, he grabs at his head and, and, um, howls out in pain, and you see blood start to, uh, trickle out of his nose as apparently those memories, those alien thoughts are just assaulting him now as well. Carl, what are you doing? Uh, if memory serves, Carl was leaving. Yes, I believe so. So, Carl, you're able to um, run down the corridor and get to the chamber where the elevator is, and you discover something there that is rather disturbing. The The um, walls are shaking, not a lot, but just slightly, and especially around that strange archway or that arch of, of odd stone or whatever it is that is against one wall carved out. More pieces are, of stone are falling from around it. It in particular seems to be uh, destabilizing. Yes. One way to, to look at it. Uh, did we ever go through that archway, or did we went down the other? It's not an archway so much. It's a. It's kind of a. It's almost like a curved beam, uh, almost of a of a ship that that follows the line of the wall. Uh, and it's uh, so if it was an archway, it would go all the way, you know, up into the ceiling and then over to the other side of the of the cavern. Carl's going to just kind of stop and look around. Now the first time through here. You know, we were on a mission. We're seeking something. Uh, the second time through, we were rushing to get back to where we were started. But Carl all of a sudden realizes that he never really looked around uh, from the perspective of, of seeing all of this kind of uh, the broad strokes. So Carl wants to take a moment. Well, I know it seems like a terrible opportunity to do so <laughs> because, you know, this construction is is odd. It's It's different than anything that he's seen before. But. You know, Carl's not completely unfamiliar with different types of construction. You know, having uh, essentially lived a long time, you, you see a lot of things. So I want to look around and just really kind of uh, take in this this architecture, this construction, and see if it makes more sense when you focus on the design as opposed to just the the description, just the the exterior and and basic uh, observation of it, as opposed to now, what could this be? Uh, roll identify then. Uh, okay, what is? Oh, there it is. All right. 
Oh, that's not too shabby. That's a uh, 20. That is pretty darn good. Uh, by the way, I rolled a 13. Oh, no. <laughs> I did. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> that, is, that is a 13. <laughs> I identify as 7, so yeah, that's 13 right there. I meant to actually look that up to see if 13 means you automatically fail. I think, I think, I mean, it depends on, like, your modifier rights, but, like, you, the danger there is you could succeed, but then also Patrick gets a... A, a thing that he can use to use against you later. That's how I. That's yeah, because it doesn't it say was. you fail. It just says when the sum of any dice rolled equals thirteen. Yeah, only the numbers on the dice, not the check. Fate turns against the good guys. A creature of the GM's choice gains a survival point, and the tension goes up by one. Worse still, the GM can make life a little more uncomfortable for the character. Because, like, I kind of like the concept that you can succeed, like, at what you're doing, but then you know things escalate. And get worse for you. Did I say 13? No, that's a, a, a 12 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you can always spend a survival point to re-roll altogether. Nah, let's stick with it. Or you can take it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's a good start for the evening. <laughs> it's probably a terrible idea. Let's do it. <laughs> Carl, you begin to get an impression, and the impression that it's that you're getting is one that is staggering to you. This arching stone or or whatever that, that doesn't seem to be of the same material as everything around it. The the eye that you saw behind that valve, the the shaking all around you is is messing with your concentration, but you're you're still you put the you're starting to put the angles together you're starting to put the possibilities together and you begin to say almost out loud in your head what you think it all means but then a wave of the alien thought process those memories comes washing over you and what you think instead is find the lost and the island is haven no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) and save the lost and then you get an image in your head and that image is of candace kane ah frickin a (laughs) candace well meanwhile Uh, oh well, oh well, uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Even terrible people deserve to be saved, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've just developed an extreme dislike of Candace. Agreed. GG. Yes. We unfreeze frame. You have been been kicking some ass with your <laughs> bar stool. Tell us what it looks like. Yeah, I want to take down the first. Uh, how many did we say? Like ten. Um, you know, the first two or three, I really want to break the bar stool over somebody's head, but I feel like it's, you know, furniture is more solidly constructed than movies get it credit for. So, um, you know, find my way across the room that way. I want to, uh, you know, probably tables also are more solid. I can't smash somebody through a table. Uh, I want to kick somebody over a table and then flip the table over on top of them. I want to smash bottles over people's heads and I'm just kind of like whirling around the room, get up on the bar so that people's heads are kicking level and just like go, go down the line and just like, you know, kick a bunch of people. I do want to spot that fire extinguisher 
and uh, break it out and bash a couple people with it and then spray uh, more people. <laughs> as you do all of this and cause the group as a whole to lose even more survival points than they already have, and the rabbit-headed people have lost uh, quite a few, <laughs> <laughs> a voice rings out, that of Sonny, although still kind of altered by the black goo roiling around inside of her. Um, and she says, enough! This is enough to make you glance over there. Mm -hmm. And you see that she's holding up something, some kind of object that she has in one hand, and she has like a pocket knife open in the other one. You see that the object is a voodoo doll, and it looks just like the one that you had found earlier of Allison. And Sonny says, you know, you really should check the pockets of your outfits before you leave things for dry cleaning. You went through my things. See if I leave you a good review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you want? She lifts the knife up and begins to bring it down. But just then, there is a sound. It's more like a vibration in the air than anything else. But all of the possessed here turn their heads and look inland toward where Fog Mountain would be. Then all of that black gooey smoke pours out of their eyes Ew. and becomes a sort of an amorphous blobby cloud in the air hanging in the middle of the lobby below the big antlered chandeliers. And then it all whooshes out through the front doors, just breaking them down. The doors just burst outward, glass breaking and uh, the doors shattering. And then all of the people inside, except for you and Allison, uh, everybody inside falls down, unconscious, it appears, where they were standing, even well, the ones who were already unconscious <laughs> from your uh, bar stool uh, blitz did not um, <laughs> love it. Did not fall down. They were already down, but uh, all of the rest have, and um, some of them just sort of fall apart as well. Mm. Arms just fall off, or heads as well. Sometimes a leg, uh, as if they were being held together by the black goo stuff itself. And you do recall that that a couple at least including the sheriff, who isn't here, but the sheriff uh, was ripped apart by those black tentacles up by the cabin. Yes, that I do remember. Allison, are you hurt? I, um, are there any drinks left? Uh, yes, there's a couple on that table behind you. I don't think I smashed all of them. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm okay. And she goes over and, and just downs a beer in one big, long swig. Good. We're leaving. Let's get in the car. I'm jealous. Why do they get drinks? <laughs> <laughs> They're near the bar. We get eyeballs and creepy Carls and dead bodies that I have to use for the laser scanner. And she gets drinks. Hey, I got chased through a hell house by demon tentacle Doc Ock guy. Yeah, but you, you also got that it's, it's a barstool blitz. Yep. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, I want to leave and uh, see if the car is uh, unaffected. And if it is, chuck the book in the back seat. I'll pick it up before we leave the room and, uh, you know, 
<laughs> drive away. <laughs> Again, very quickly. <laughs> Where are you driving to? I don't even know. You know, I think I'm just going to the ferry and I want to... I know there's only one ferry a day and I will wait on that ferry dock until the one back to the mainland comes because I want to leave this island and never return. <laughs> and uh, I think on the way there, I'll um, I'll um, pull up the phone and call Jason and like toss it to Allison and be like, tell tell Jason we're we're going to to find a hotel um, elsewhere back on the mainland somewhere. Uh, OK. Are we? I mean, my clothes and stuff are the new clothes that I bought are back at the house. Do you want to go back for them, Allison? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> because um, I think um, all of our things are an acceptable loss, and uh, I'd I'd rather get us out of here safe and somewhat sound. But I isn't it night? You know, you are correct about that, and um, I don't know. Maybe there's a boat down there that we can hotwire. I just realized that the uh, being chased by William, his tentacle form through the house, uh, could have had, you know, a beautiful sunset streaming in through the windows. And that, that, you know, sucks. I hate that. <laughs> you always want <laughs> monsters like that to attack you in the nighttime. That feels more normal. But seeing them in broad daylight is like, oh, that's real. And I have to deal with it. Uh, so by the time you get down to the ferry dock, uh, it is um, it is dark and... Allison has said it, it. It's night. I don't think another fairy's coming until tomorrow. And uh, but she is dialing. And so, Jason, you're dragging Owl physically. I think maybe a protect role is in order. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too initially. And also, it's like as I notice him go slightly um, uh, convulsive, uh, bleeding. Am I taking any of that? kind of damage as well? Uh, no, you made your most recent rolls, I believe, or at least already dealt with them. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, rolling a protect then for Owl as I'm dragging him along. Ooh, that's good. Uh, 22. 22? No, 21. So that is pretty good. Uh, and that's also pretty good. Uh, yeah, oh, crap. He appears to be... Oh, no. a 13. It's a 13. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is the time in, like, the plot arc to, <laughs> and, and to have I all totally, these things happen. I totally did. No, wait. Sorry, that's a 16. I was looking at a different dice. Oh, no. uh, okay. Oh, phew. I'm running out of NPCs to kill here. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's a 16 plus my five protect. Great. Okay, so it's not a 13. It That is a success. So you are uh, dragging... Uh, owl along. He he seems disoriented from that most recent mind blast, and so you're able to do so. But you stumble at one point, falling over the form of Susie Call, who is in the middle of your path, and who would have been quite, quite mind blown there had you that 13 stood. Like physically stumbling over? Yes. Like Owl and I go prone and... You don't go quite prone. You don't fall down. You 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 stumble over her. It's almost like you're in a, a fun house. You know that the caverns can't be moving, turning as much as they seem to be. Uh, and yet it feels like you're in some sort of strobing, um, spinning tube 
almost. And so when you hit something and stumble over it, you manage to keep your feet, but you realize that it is Susie Call who has fallen on the ground and she's trying to get back to her feet. So she seems to still be alive, but uh, she's having difficulty. Okay. I will assist in helping her up as best I can. And I'll ask her straight up. Can you help me with Owl? Uh, oh, um, okay, uh, let me see. I'm going to roll her escape and see if she can bring herself out of this. It's 2d10, not 2d20. Oh, goodness. She just looks at you dazedly. (laughs) Dang. Any change in Owl? Uh, no, uh, and probably that's a good thing because, um, since he is stunned essentially you are able to drag him along i kind of have two questions does anything in particular stand out from the flood of images and memories is there anything like in particular that stood out from all of that before i grabbed owl and started hauling ass down the, the the cave before you got specific images and those were the ones that I I gave to you back in that last episode, which I will um, repeat for you now. A black, lightning-laced, stormy sky, a figure larger than the world, yet also contained by it, falling from the skies, a mighty heaving of the earth as the figure collides with what is now the Salish Sea, shamans chanting in a cave somewhere. Strange forms and figures appearing on the landscape, still beneath this lightning-struck sky. But then your brain, you almost are able to block all of the remaining images. uh, Because you know if you were to let them through, you would go quite, quite mad. Okay. But those were the the things that you saw that your brain could process. I'm I'm just really trying to remember if there was anything about um, the lighthouse and the finger of God in any of those visions, or if it it seemed more like this cave. Uh, No, actually, it it didn't seem like this cave. Similar? Um, It was a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, okay, that is not where I was thinking. Seemed maybe, I mean, you might be able to um, examine those memories in more detail when you're not in the midst of a funhouse carnival ride. Right. Oh, man. Right now, your choice is to stumble on with um, Owl or try to grab up Susie as well or leave them both behind and just hightail it or, you know, run back into the eye and worship it. Right. <laughs> Which at this point seems like a pretty good option. Valid. Uh- <laughs> Um, (laughs) Owl seems to be a little bit more versed in what's going on and if I knew anything about what he was mumbling I would try to retrace the patterns that he has all over his body doing the same thing but since he had some kind of incantation I have no idea I can trace the patterns all I want but that's not going to do anything but he seems to know more so I would I would begrudgingly um, do my best to ignore the screaming Susie on the floor and just try to carry Owl on, hoping that we could do something more. Okay. Carl, um, you had those strange thoughts that didn't, that were alien to you, but didn't seem alien like the, like the, the thing, whatever was happening to your brain here most recently. And of course, a lot of things have been happening to your brain very recently. <laughs> but. Yeah, so 
you're thinking about all these things and then you're able to regain that thought that you had before and that arch in the wall that's part of the wall almost the word that comes to mind is that's a rib huh. so carl's going to kind of have that jaw drop moment and he's going to back away slowly towards the elevator and then he's going to yell down uh, the corridor uh, for the others. He's like, we should be going right now. Faster would be better. And then he's going to try to see if he can get the elevator ready to go. You go inside. There is the panel that um, Frank had wrenched off of one wall that has several exposed wires. There is a fairly good chance that you can remember which ones he was messing with to get it to go down. <sighs> good old Frank MacGyver. But let's uh, let's just make sure. Let's go with a uh, a straight up DC fifteen identify check. All right, here we go. Big money, no whammies. Ooh, um, that's a whammy. Uh oh. Another thirteen. No. 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 Much worse than that. That. Uh, that is, I believe, the worst roll you can make. Double ones. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at snake eyes right there. Oh, oh God, I don't want to do this. All right, I'm going to go ahead and spend my remaining survival point <laughs> to re-roll that, because that, um, that was that was jaw-dropping and uh, terrifying in its own right, and I'm mad at my dice. Yeah. So, Are you Sean mad at your dice? I'm, I'm, if, this, if this were not my own table, I would consider flipping it. Um, <laughs> So I'm not going to do that, but I am going to spend that survival point, re-roll that bad boy, uh, and that is way better than the last roll. <laughs> uh, I am one better than 13 on the roll, so that gives me a 21. Okay, great. Oh yeah, you absolutely recognize um, which ones he used, and in fact, because of your own experience with wiring your own home or whatever, uh, you are pretty sure you can choose the right wire to reverse the elevator's uh, function and go up. The way I figure that working is Carl, has, he remembers it perfectly. You just simply take the, the red wire and the blue wire and you put them together and the elevator goes down. And so he gets ready to start to twist those two together when he realizes, hey, wait a minute, we want to go up. <laughs> that could have been very bad. Let's not twist those two together. It, it, yeah, hell's just one more level down. Yeah, it, <laughs> clearly, it should have been the yellow wire. Let's grab that one and bring it over. And uh, get ready to go up. And at that moment, Jason and Owl stumble into the chamber. Owl is being dragged along by Jason, uh, bleeding from ears and nose. And and it looks as it, as he gets closer from his eyes, uh, too. Is there any change in his status? Is he coming to more? Um, well... I don't, I mean, circumstances haven't really changed, so... Okay, we haven't gotten far enough away, then. You haven't gotten far enough away, and you haven't really done anything to to try to, other than just drag him along, to try to get him to, you know, return to sanity. Okay, um, did I hear Carl shout out earlier? Yeah, that seems likely. But you also see Carl, as you burst into the main room here, you see him standing uh, in the elevator. The lights uh, have come on in the elevator, and he's holding two wires up. All right, I'm going to holler back. We need to get out of here, but Susie's still back here. Drag, drag, <laughs> drag with Owl. Uh, you know, Carl will kind of, you know, run out and see if he can help them along. You do so, and you actually see Susie back down that corridor 
that they came from. There's a weird light thing happening where there is almost this strobing of light, but you realize that it isn't because there's light you know, around. There, there is. And in fact, that is um, flickering too. You didn't see it when you first started going down these corridors. Uh, your, the light that you had was, was too small, but they do seem to have been strung with um, fluorescent lights that hang pretty close to the ceilings of the corridors. And uh, those are flickering and, and, and blowing out. But it almost seems too like in alternating flickers, you're not seeing light, but you're see, able to see in the dark. And so you're almost seeing it in a, in a kind of a grayscale, just in flashes as it strobes. Like This is one of these weird side effects of what's happening here. Okay, well, I will uh, give my head a shake. And try to run down and see if I can't help her along. Okay, roll a protect. What is my protect? Oh, there it is. And out of curiosity, am I close enough to the elevator now to um, set Owl down and try and go back and assist Carl in grabbing Susie? Uh, yes. You'll be a little bit behind, but yeah. Okay. Um, I do so. My protect roll is an 18. Nice. Oh, wait. You rolled last. I did, mm. didn't I? Yeah, so that means I needed to roll something for that one. I guess I'm going to be rolling Pursue, because I want her to not escape. But I don't have a great Pursue here, so we'll see what happens. Ooh, that's a 20. Yeah, yeah so um, you you get up there, uh, Carl, and she's standing there, and it's got that kind of... Stro- you know the strobing things going on. She's kind of slanted at at one moment, as if your your feet are unstable beneath you. But she seems to be standing up perfectly fine. You see that she opens her eyes, and they're just filled with blood. And she begins saying things, and they are in a language that you don't know. But it's obviously a language of some sort. And the walls are cracking as she speaks. So Carl's going to turn around and run, run back towards the elevator and be like, I don't think Susie's with us anymore. <laughs> I was wondering if it stunned you for a moment or, or if you paused in that, because I was just going to grab you and turn around and, and, and head back anyway. Um, I see that and, and I'm already... Um, twisting my foot around and grabbing purchase and, and turning back around and saying, help me with Owl. He was just like right next to the elevator. And as you go back, you see that he's now standing up too. Oh, good. But he is, he is again tracing that tattoo on his left arm and he begins saying something and his voice booms. As it does so, Susie reels backwards and... She uh, disappears into the into that corridor there, and Al shakes his head. But you all feel kind of a lessening, a lightening of the pressure that is uh, billowing forth down those corridors, and is now permeating this air all around you. And and Al goes, "We've got to go." Red wire, yellow wire, up we go. <laughs> the door slides shut, and the elevator begins to rise. It's not a fun house thing happening anymore. It's just an elevator going up and then Muzak starts playing. Oh, Except oh, you realize it's not Muzak, it's Jason's phone. 
<laughs> Jason's phone is just set to the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right. Um, I I grab it. I look at it and be like, give that confused look. Um, and 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 it's just confused at this point because it's like I had no idea what's going on. And and sorry, Gigi, hadn't thought about you much until this point. Um, <laughs> click the answer and hold it up to my. <laughs> Uh, hold it up to my head. And it isn't Gigi on the other side. It's Allison. And she says, um, hey, Jason. Yeah, uh, we're at the ferry. Um, Gigi wants to wait for the ferry, even though it doesn't come for another, like, um, 18 hours or so. <laughs> Maybe more. Um, anyway, we were just attacked by, uh, I guess, the rabbit-headed people, but they weren't rabbit-headed anymore. They were possessed by um, William uh, Kitteridge, you know, um, my co- I guess our cousin, our cousin William Kitteridge, or maybe he's an uncle. I'm not entirely certain. Um, he's a jerk. Oh, wow. That's what he is. Uh, yeah. So uh, what else did you want me to tell him, Gigi? Um, I, I guess while we're waiting, I'm kind of hungry. Maybe you could pick up a pizza on the way. We're up at the weather station um, and kind of occupied uh, riding an elevator at the moment. That's interesting to hear about uh, William. We, we've had some problems here, and we're down two FBI agents and a family member. Uh, um, uh, what? And so, Gigi, you you hear the uh, like Allison's tone completely change. She was obviously trying to cover her own fear. I mean, the the phone is actually shaking in her hand as she's talking into it, but she's being very almost Gigi-like flippant in the hopes that this will give her some amount of strength. But then she um, almost loses it. What did he say? In that moment where um, Allison is paused, I'm going to try, like, I'm going to, like, put my hand over the phone and at the same time look over at Carl and try and relay as best I can what Allison just told me. Carl will just kind of nod and like, uh, we'll tell the gals. And I said, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Should we meet them somewhere? Probably a good idea. Assuming we make it to the surface. (laughs) Yeah. Gigi, he he said that they're down two FBI agents and a family member. I I don't know what What? that means. I I know. Now he's talking to somebody and I can't hear because it's all muffled. I think he did that holding the hand over the phone thing, but that hardly ever works. But I can't really quite hear him. Are we going to do the thing that old people do, like where the other one's like, what did they say? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Tell them I want mushrooms on my pizza. Allison, put me on speaker. Uh, Okay, hold on. And there's a bunch of beeps and such. (laughs) And then suddenly it's uh, coming on over the radio of the car because it... (laughs) What? Oh, I forgot (laughs) Connected to the Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this 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 blasted car automatically connects, and whenever I don't want it to, but if I do want it to, will it connect? No, never rent. It's rental. nice to hear you again, Gigi. Um, uh, have you been drinking? What What do you think, Jason? Okay. Um, I I don't know exactly what's going on with you guys, you but it sounds about? like A it was pretty member? intense. Skeen is no longer with us. What Skeen? Skeen? And Carl knows who Carl is. Oh, well, that's something, I suppose. And Owl is the only FBI um, agent left, who's, uh, by the way, uh, a wizard or something. Well, that's just what we needed, a wizard owl. <laughs> like, hearing that, Carl actually looks at Owl like, wait, are you like, are you a wizard? Is that, 
I, I am I am not a wizard. This uh, <laughs> would be cool. He, he's got a bit of the arcane to him. Let's just put it that way. Well, at this point, I wouldn't you be see surprised him with shirt if everyone off. and their mother drive through the McDonald's uh, drive-through, and the young man behind the counter is like, "Welcome to McDonald's!" Ooh, and does a spell. What? H- how? Well, where do, where do we need to meet you? We're at the ferry. I uh, don't. Ca- frankly care how long it takes, but everything here is terrible, and I think we should leave. The fairy's not coming for a while. Oh, hush. I think Somebody we need to find some place a little more... Safe, Jason? There aren't any safe places. Carl, with a weird calm, uh, looks and says, uh, are we still getting pizza? <laughs> <laughs> how can you think about pizza? You know, Carl might have a point. Um, it sounds like we've all had... Um, near-death experiences today, um, and uh, it wouldn't do to... Carl just shrugs, like I... Go without food. I get hungry when I'm stressed. Oh, wow. So, says Allison, bad fish? Yeah, and and I kind of want that to happen, like, right as we reach the top of the elevator and the doors open, <laughs> and I and Jason just throws up his hands and, like, fine, we'll meet you at the bad fish, and, and hangs up. Yeah, so the door's open, and you say that, Jason, and then you step over the bodies that are playing in your way. They've become routine at this point. It's just like, oh. And you all get outside. Yeah, I'm like, your car or ours? Yeah, he just gets into the uh, into the um, SUV. Okay. And uh, goes, I think, we'll, I think we'll take the one that uh, isn't all beat to hell. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about your Jeep crawl in uh, next to it nick i don't know would carl automatically go for a shotgun probably okay jason <laughs> defers and probably sits right behind owl or at least to where he can converse easily with the the front passengers let's go with a commercial break as you reconvene at the bad fish brewery owl has Pulled a change of shirts out of the back of the SUV, so he is dressed once more. Uh, is there any weaponry that I would that I would suggest to be like, hey, um, I think we need to, we all need to be armed at this point. Do I notice like I... anything in the FBI cruiser? Sure, you do, but I don't know if Al would just give you like FBI service weapons. <laughs> well, we're all dealing with the same shit. That's true. That's true. Yeah, let's talk about that in the bad fish. Okay. There may be things that we can do, but I'm pretty sure that my spare service revolver is not going to do a uh, damn fucking squat. Uh, yeah. Well, not all of us have tattoos that, uh, for some reason, silence the, 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 the mind control. Yeah, about that, uh, Al, uh, uh, who do the voodoo that you do? So well. <laughs> Well, let's go meet the others, Come and on. we'll hey. talk. All right. And thus it happens, and <laughs> thus so it, and so it happens that uh, the uh, one, two, three, four, four, five of you five. <laughs> gather in a booth at the Bad Fish with another chair pulled up at the end of it, and are once more all together, all the remaining inheritors on Elk Island. Now it sounds like a bad idea when you put it that way. Yeah, Gigi's, uh, Gigi would be probably hunched over whatever drink she ordered, and her one of her legs is just, like, bouncing, like, so aggressively. <laughs> she keeps looking around the place. You are probably well into being drunk at this point, Gigi, I would, mm-hmm. I would think, given your bad habit. Not 
drunk enough. If you are going to go ahead and be drunk, I will give you another survival I will be drunk. And I will give everybody a um, who survived Fog Mountain a survival point for surviving that terrible, terrible scenario. <laughs> you did well. Some of us could use it. Ish. Yeah, yeah. I'm at two survival points now, and I feel like I'm like swimming in survival points. Like, oh yeah, this is the stuff. <laughs> two survival points. Yeah, let's go back and do it again. So much. <laughs> you guys have done that once already. <laughs> Did we really get that far away where the tension dropped that much? Yes. Oh, thank God. Thank God. The tension has dropped considerably here. So as we're driving down off of Fog Mountain, we 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 feel the exhaustion. We feel the events like just totally start to our muscles start to relax. Um, we're we're no we're no longer in mid adrenaline rush. Yeah, you know when you've like gone up a really tall mountain. And you're super tired, and then you like are get getting really tired as you drive, and then you maybe fall asleep on the couch and sleep through the podcast recording, and then everyone else teases you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Um, Oddly specific, but yeah. Now that you mention it, just just off the top, a random non-specific example. Go on with your excellent description, um, Jesse. No, that's fine, and I'm kind of glad that Owl is driving instead of me in the Jeep. That pulls a little bit to the right because i i just start to feel the effects of all of this but at the same time uh the relaxing of the muscles kind of like helps me regain my senses and i start to think about all the things that happened um and uh just remembering uh some of the chanting and everything that owl was going through as he was tracing these uh tattooed symbols all over his body and uh, I, I want to question Al more on the way down. Um, but yeah, we got to the point where he was like, "Nope, let's let's wait. We'll reconvene, etc." Blah blah blah. So I'm like, "Fine," and I'm holding it in. So I've still kind of got like all these bottled questions. Like, oh, that that's going to raise the tension up. Then that's going to ah, be very tense. For- Jesse, no! No, just it goes back you're up fine, to fifteen. <laughs> The bad fish is a safe place for you. Well, now that you've said that, I'm nervous about it. <laughs> <laughs> Biting my tongue until we can all get settled in. All right, you are all settled in. The server brings over some drinks, and you split them among yourselves this time, even though they were all meant for uh, Gigi. <laughs> Gigi looks nice and rosy, and Allison looks nice and pale. Pale, rumpled, scared, and everybody for a moment just looks at one another. Not knowing what to say. Not knowing where to start, for that matter. I'll take my drink, and uh, I'll hold it up over the table, and look everyone there in the eyes and go, to skiing. To skiing. To skiing. To skiing, says Allison. But what happened? Do I realize more of the memories? Do... Okay, I guess my question is, how much of the memories did Carl glean about the skiing incident? I don't think Carl got any of that. Yeah, no. So that was mostly in my in Jason's memories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So what happened up there? Uh, I mean, we had a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Family will do that to you. So uh, you ran into William again. You could say that he um. Was it really William? Um, Simple yes or no? Jason, do you remember the um, up by the cabin 
the um, tentacles of darkness that came out of the trees and <sighs> tore people apart, threw bits of them everywhere. Um, he um, was sort of made of those, and um, also other things. He appeared to um, contain within the not insubstantial form of his body the uh, bodies of other things, including uh, his own brother Kit and his two dogs, and I don't know, there was a lot of other stuff churning around in there. Surprise. More questions, but not knowing where to start with those questions. Well, what happened up there? Says Allison. Damn you, Allison. (laughs) Yeah, so weather station, dead bodies, elevator ride down into the heart of the mountain. I'm going to need more conjoining phrases here, Jason. There was the weather station and there were lots of... Oh, that's right. They told us about the bodies. So you saw those bodies. Right. Um, The pre-existing ones. Yeah. uh, With a glance over to Owl to see if he's acknowledging any of this. He nods. Yes, the the um the people manning the station were um quite mangled. So there was an elevator. The elevator went into the heart of Fog Mountain, um where there was a cavern, and we saw old Carl, but not old Carl. Was he also all I like gesture like mm, not from what you're describing. Okay. It was quite different. I would if anything, I would say more like a possession or some kind of ghoul. Oh. Yeah, so we ran down this, like, cavern tunnel um, and found this giant hatch, which had a giant eyeball behind it. A what? Yeah, and then we what? were outside. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm, I need more connective tissue again. No, that's how, that's how it happened. And then you saw a giant eye- eyeball and then you were just outside again? Yes. Like we don't know what happened between that point. Aliens and lost time. We'll go with that for now, but that's uh, as close as we can come. Um, Owl has uh, wiped, he's wiping away blood from his nose that started dripping blood just a little bit again, but he doesn't seem to be minding that too much. And he um, has pulled out his notebook, a new notebook, presumably, and um, is jotting down notes in it because he hasn't heard this part of the story me and carl appeared outside of the weather station directly after finding the eyeball not knowing how that happened and it seemed that there that time had passed because the fbi agents owl and Susie and frank were there um, when we went back to the weather station because we weren't very far from it and then in a mad dash i had to show them what we had found and um Maybe that wasn't the best idea. Uh, I'm sorry, Al. I don't know how close you were with your partners. Uh, looking at him, you actually see uh, that he's crying. There's like tears rolling down his cheeks. He wipes those away, too, and just nods and then goes back to his notes. And we did eventually find Skeen as tears start to form along Jason's face as well. Headless. I think it's safe to say they all deserved better than that. <laughs> to Frank and Susie, Owl says. To Frank and Susie. Frank and Susie. I just wordlessly lift my glass. <sighs> we showed them the eye again. And like I said, not a good idea, because that is how we lost Frank and Susie. Um, we barely made it out. Uh, it, it tore our minds into 
into a thousand pieces and trying to put them back together is still kind of a struggle. I'm still reeling from the experience. Is there anything more that you can impart about what happened to us, Owl? I mean, do you know anything about what's going on here? Well, first I'd like to find out what happened to you, um, Allison, Gigi. Um, yes, we had gone uh, to, the, to the manor house to look for the book. And, um, and when we found the library, it's down a flight of stairs and it felt like it should have been up a flight of stairs. Because it was on the second floor, but the house is really large. And bits of it, we used to joke that it moves around sometimes. And um, uh, our uh, cousin, we'll just use the word cousin, uh, was inside. Um, threatening, uh, oh, uh, Candace was there, Jason, Carl. Um, he was threatening her life, flung her across the room, full of tentacles. We ran. Is we she still there? By him. Oh, as far as I know, um, she didn't seem likely to survive um, after being flung across the library with supernatural strength by a shadowy tentacle. And he had been, you know, threatening to spill Cain blood or whatever, and I, I guess she must count by marriage. Anyway, he tried to, uh, he tried to consume Allison. Obviously, he didn't succeed, but that was um, a rather um, disturbing part of a uh, of this misadventure. Um, but anyway, we fled. We got out of the house eventually. We drove to what we thought was safety at the lodge. And you know who was there, Jason? It was all those people who were there at the cabin wearing the masks of rabbits. And uh, they had taken the heads off because they didn't care anymore because, you see, William had gotten to them and he had filled their eyeballs with his flowy black smoke stuff. and. Um, possessed them or something and uh we uh well i was fighting them off but then there was a sound or something and it distracted them all the shadow stuff flowed out of them and uh away through the doors so we left immediately owl nods hmm is owl actually saying something or did he just nod and hmm <laughs> he just nodded <laughs> yes mr fbi agent you have something to say about this or some conclusion that you have reached I fear it's not going to be satisfactory to you, but I will... Oh, unsatisfactory? Like anything on this island has been satisfactory from the moment I stepped on... Except for me reconnecting with you, Allison. Everything on this island is terrible and we should go. I'm concerned that we might not be able to, but before we get to that... um, Well, let's see. All right, so first of all, my name was not originally Owl. Or Nizoni. I had my name changed when I uh, turned 18. I will admit I was a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, oh, activist rebel at the time, I suppose. And uh, uh, my parents I, had saddled me with the fine ancestral name of John Gray. It's, uh, it was a fine enough name, I suppose, but I wanted something that... Uh, spoke to my ancestry, the ancestry that I had um, had looked into so much. So I I chose a Navajo word and uh, and then owl because I liked owls and I kept that 
well, I kept that, and I always have. I've, I've not regretted that choice any, but um, I tell you this because it speaks to what I pursued after that, which was also, as you called it, I believe, on the way down, uh, the arcane. Oh, yes, okay, Jason's leaning in. I'm going to flag down the waitress for another uh, whiskey. She uh, comes over and leans in and goes, I- I'm sorry, um, we're, we're, I really shouldn't, uh, I'm really not supposed to give you any more. An Irish coffee, then. Um, that also has alcohol in it. <laughs> I can get you some snacks, a- and those pizzas should be coming out soon. Gigi immediately loses a survival point for not being able to get liquor. No. I will simply die if I do not have whiskey at this time. <laughs> Gigi's buzz is now harsh. <laughs> Lose one survival point. Gigi is bender. <laughs> Gigi is clearly over the limit, by the way. She is not one of these people who, like, is hiding it well right now. And uh, when, when the server is gone, uh, Owl continues, and he says, um, and so, and it wasn't just, um, you know, Native American magic that I uh, studied or looked into. I, I can't really say studied. I was, I was young, and I was just looking into anything. I I read, you know, all the fantasy, urban fantasy, science fiction books I could get my hands on. I found myself um, going to old bookstores, and somewhere along in there, I decided that it would be a cool idea to start getting some of those symbols that I was coming across uh, in my studies tattooed on me. I just thought they were cool, you know? I mean, you know? Yeah, roll up your sleeves and show her. He pauses, looks at you for a moment, and then does so. He unbuttons the the cuffs on his uh, left shirt sleeve and rolls the shirt back up to his elbow. And and yeah, so Gigi, you can see that, that he just has a, you know, has several tattoos winding together there. Um, some of them seem distinct. Others seem like they flow into one another. All of them are fairly well done. Some of them are even multiple colors. They're not just, you know, single color tattoos. But it's everything up above his, um, the cuff line. And he's like, I learned, <laughs> I learned this from reading about the Yakuza. You know, I thought, you know, I anticipated that one day I might want to have a reputable job. And so... Uh, all of my tattoos are covered by clothing. But honestly, I have never encountered anything like what we encountered up there. My studies when I was young led me to when I became a bit more, uh, how shall I say it, Um, not straight-laced. I was never straight-laced, but more in tune with you know, regular society, I suppose. Uh, anyway, college led me to the FBI. And when I was in the FBI, my studies eventually came back to be of some interest in uh, certain departments of the FBI that uh, mostly they do throw away investigations. I mean, you work there's not for the a whole lot of magic. I don't work for the X-Files. Everybody says that. Everybody goes immediately there. Okay. We don't call it that. Uh, answer, me, answer me this question, then. What you have seen and what you have experienced with us at this point, 
It's called Project Yellow King. Oh, because that's better. Is it of this world? What we just saw? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, do you think it was? Because I don't think it was. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but it's aliens. <laughs> but it it could be I don't know. I mean, I, I love sci-fi fantasy stuff. Is this something from another world, another dimension, another quantum reality? Uh do you know can you can you tell us anything about that? I just went immediately for the most powerful protection glyph that I have on my body. I had no idea it was going to work, but then when it did, I I I don't know what that means anymore. I have seen strange things, and I have heard even stranger things. I have heard so many stories about so many things you would have no idea. Mm -hmm. But um that was astonishing. Okay. Um, yeah, it was real great. Um, I'm gonna dig in my uh, the bundle of my coat, which is on the seat beside me, and pull out the pizza comes. The All right, I'm gonna wait for the pizza to finish being <laughs> put on the table. Pull out the the voodoo doll of Allison and kind of toss it on the tabletop between us and go. Can you make this stop working? Um, Jason's a little taken aback. Uh, he's not familiar with this voodoo doll and kind of like shrinks back from the table. Because he's he's seen similar things, like with one of the fortune tellers that um, did hang around with the carnival for a while that he was working with, and it, it, he's a little wary of hoodoo voodoo um, kind of objects. Yeah, someone's been using it to target Allison, and um, I thought that keeping it safe on my person would be enough. Um, it was not. So, can you? Turn it off. Dispose of it. Owl reaches out and, like, just pulls it over to him with one finger, but as he touches it, there's, like, a spark of energy, and he, like, pulls his hand back real quick, and then he reaches forward again and touches it again, but this time nothing happens, as if there had been a static discharge of some sort uh, left over from his protective glyph, perhaps, and he pulls it over and, and examines it and goes, um, yeah, this is... This is fairly standard. Yeah, it just has, uh, oh yeah, so it looks like uh, used uh, hair. Mm. Uh, who, who, who's, this, who's this of? I uh, point my thumb at Allison. What? It's of me? What? Do you, oh, um, yes, Allison. The night that your mirror exploded, I went into the bathroom afterwards at the lodge, and uh, this was behind the mirror. Um, I thought that keeping it in my, in my, in my things would, would keep it safe and no one could use it to, to harm you anymore. But, uh, why, why didn't you tell me? And, do you remember and the it was state in, she said it was in the dry cleaning. The state that you were, were you in. drunk? That doesn't have anything to do with it. The state that you were in that night, do you really think if I had shown you a little poppet of yourself well, you're completely your blitzed hair, now. That doesn't you're have like, anything to do with it either. While they're bickering back and forth, I look at Al and I'm... And I and I ask, is it okay to destroy now? Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me just remove the uh, items that connect it to the original person. Hold on. Let me try to remember. And he mutters something, and there's a snap. But you don't know where. I mean, the snap didn't come from the voodoo doll or from 
even the air, really. It was almost a little snap inside of each of your heads. And then he goes, yeah, that, that should be fine. Just don't do the ceremony again while attaching, you know, pe- people's body parts to it. Oh, this wasn't, this wasn't created by, by me. I found it uh, behind her mirror in her hotel room after she had been terrified out of her wits um, by a series of events that evening. As Jason swipes up the doll, walks over to the fireplace in the in the bad fish and throws it in. Oh, oh I w- and then it goes up in like a, a big burst of green flame, and like several people look over and go, "Dude!" And I just kind of like look around, like chemicals, <laughs> shrugging it off. Chemicals. <laughs> Round up. Am I right? <laughs> uh, saunter back over and squat back down, um, looking back and forth between everybody. Jason, what the hell are you doing? I know, I know this isn't Scooby Doo, but you could have hurt Allison. At this point, I trust Owl. You have not seen what I have seen. <sighs> All right. We do have one more story to tell. I think this evening, and Owl looks at Carl. <laughs> the whole table turns and looks at Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. So uh, you guys all kind of turn over to Carl, who's been kind of sitting there listening and watching everything unfold and and quietly drinking a beer and nibbling on a slice of pizza. And you notice that (laughs) at some point he had, he snagged a pencil from somewhere and has been kind of sketching something out on the napkin uh, right there in front of him. Uh, You know, it almost seemed absentmindedly at first, uh, but then he takes the napkin and he spins around and he slides over the table. and. You see initially Fog Mount, but it looks a little different. And it's one of those pictures where, depending on how you look at it, you see different things. Oh, it's two women looking at each other. Or is it a vase? It's, it's kind of like that. He says, I don't think Fog Mountain is a mountain. <laughs> what do you mean, Carl? Of course it's a mountain. What do you think? It's a, it's a, what th- else would it be? I think it's a corpse. And that seems like a good place to stop this episode of... The Gothic Podcast. Oh, wow. <sighs> you, you guys have got to get a, uh, a wide variety of ending statements. Oh, wow. <laughs> been used too many times oh, already. Um, well, okay. stop saying wow-worthy things. Gee willikers, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> the Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season 2 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for the Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share. And check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks! To scheme, says Allison. But what happened? Well, let's just say this beer has more head on it than scheme does. Oh. <laughs> I take another shot. <laughs>